Hi, I'm Nolan Cleary, award-winning journalist and host of the hit podcast, Politics Weekly. I'm here to tell you about my new website, nolancleary.com. It's full of political analyses, a link to my podcast, and predictions for upcoming elections. If you want to know everything there is to know about upcoming elections, go to nolancleary.com right now. Hey everyone, welcome to Politics Weekly. Politics Weekly is a weekly nonpartisan podcast featuring some of the biggest names in politics and portraying some of the biggest political stories of the week through both left and right leaning lenses. Hosted by award winning journalist Nolan Cleary, the former editor in chief of the Hudsonian newspaper, Politics Weekly has been listened to by over 15,000 people worldwide. The views expressed by guests on our show are not necessarily the views expressed by the host, Nolan Cleary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 2022 Politics Weekly Election Day Special. This is a very special episode. We're going to be analyzing some of the biggest races happening in America. Now, as you all know, this is a crucial election. It will be a big test uh, on the presidency of Joe Biden and will affect any legislation that could potentially happen within the next two years. Um, Now, uh, right now, uh, Republicans are hoping to gain back Congress and control of Congress. Democrats have a slim majority in the House and the Senate, and Republicans are hoping to bust through both of those and take both of those houses back. Now, right now, the United States House of Representatives seems likely to go for the Republican Party. Every poll and every analysis seems to suggest a win for Republicans. Not only do they uh, only need to gain a few seats to get the House back, uh, but polls show uh, they are leading in most House races uh, throughout the country. And in addition to that, uh, many of the seats uh, are not drawn well for Democrats and could affect Democrats' chances of winning the House. And in addition to that, uh, not only uh, could that all affect the Democrats' uh, chances, but a number of Democratic retirements in competitive states are also looking to affect the Democrats' chances in the House. Now, in the United States Senate, that's another story. Republicans need just one pickup to get back into uh, the House majority. Uh, however, uh, that's not going to be easy. Um, that's not going to be completely uh, an easy bet. Uh, right now, Republicans are targeting seats in a number of states. Uh, recently, uh, they've been targeting Georgia. Uh, they've been targeting Arizona. They've been targeting Nevada. These were all states that Joe Biden uh, was projected to have carried, uh, but not by a big margin. Um, and recently, they've been targeting New Hampshire as well. That's always been a long shot, but polls have been tightening in New Hampshire as well. Uh, Democrats, though, are targeting a few races themselves. Uh, A closely watched race in Pennsylvania could give Democrats more power. 
Uh, and uh, Democrats have also been putting a lot of money into states like Wisconsin. And another surprise race, uh, which could be a surprise upset for Democrats in Ohio. That was a big Trump state. Uh, but now Democrats feel like they have a strong candidate that could possibly win in Ohio. We're going to get into all those races. Uh, but first, we want to look at the analytics and compare them to other midterms, uh, just to give you a sense of how the midterms might go. Right now, most of the uh, analytics in terms of polling uh, do favor the Republicans. Right now, Republicans do have a slim majority on the Real Clear Politics average. They have a 2% lead. And according to 538, the polling average is Republican plus one. Now, you might be saying that's not a huge lead. That's not what you'd expect for a red wave. But many Republicans uh, will be quick to point out that in 2014, the last Obama midterm, that's exactly where Republicans were polling. And it ended up being a great midterm for Republicans. They gained uh, 13 seats in the United States House of Representatives, which at the time led to the biggest House majority they had ever had since before the Great Depression. Um, so all, all seems uh, good for Republicans on that front. In terms of other good news for the Democratic Party, uh, or for the Republican Party, I should say, uh, Joe Biden's approval rating is not very high. Presidential approval ratings tend to be a big factor when it comes to midterm elections. Uh, usually, if you look back to past midterm elections in 2018, President Donald Trump only had a 40% approval rating, uh, leading to a 41-seat net gain in the House for the Democratic Party. Uh, Barack Obama in 2014 only had a 44% approval rating. That led to a 13-seat U.S. House gain for the Republican Party. In 2010, uh, Obama had a 47% approval rating. That led to a, uh, a whopping 63% gain for the Republicans. Um, in 2006, that was Bush's George W. Bush's second midterm. Republicans gained, uh, George W. Bush only had a 38% approval rating. Democrats gained 39 seats in the United States House of Representatives. And in the historic Republican Revolution of 1994, remember that was Bill Clinton's first midterm election year, Democrats, uh, Republicans, gained 50-plus seats in the United States House of Representatives. So now, it should be noted there were two midterm elections in which the incumbent party, the incumbent president's party, gained seats. One was in 1998. This was when Bill Clinton had a good approval rating. The economy was up. Everything was good for Bill Clinton. He had a 63% approval rating. What did that lead to? Well, it led to a five-seat gain for Democrats in the United States House of Representatives. 2002, coming right off of 9-11, George W. Bush had a 70% approval rating. What did that lead to for Republicans? Ten-seat gain in the United States House of Representatives. Big deal for the incumbent parties. But those were when their approval ratings were in the positive. 
So what's Biden's approval? Well, currently Joe Biden, his approval rating only sits at an average of 43%. That's not good for Democrats going into the midterms. And that those two polling analyses, the slim lead for Republicans in polling, which some people believe is underestimating the Republicans, and the poor approval ratings of President Biden uh, is what many people are hoping will lead to a red wave if you're a Republican. Now, looking at some of the other issues that are likely to predict the midterms, uh, right now, two of the biggest issues on voters' minds, one is inflation. Um, right now, the price of uh, food and other commodities uh, has been through the roof. And many voters uh, are concerned about that. And Joe Biden, for better or for worse, has gotten the blame for that, as have many Democrats. Uh, and so Republicans have been eager to run on it because it is one of the top issues on voters' minds. Um, that's not an issue at all that is going to help the Democratic Party. Another issue that is not going to help the Democratic Party is crime. Republicans have been running heavily on the issue of crime. Um, Jim Clyburn, the House Majority Whip for the Democratic Party, said that in 2020 he believed part of the reason Democrats lost seats in the House was because of many Republican House candidates that tied uh, other House candidates that were Democrats to the defund the police movement. And so Republicans running on that really uh, could help Republicans in the next uh, midterm tonight um, because crime is an issue that's on a lot of people's minds. Republicans have been running on it. It's not an issue Democrats like to talk about. So those are not two issues that are, those are two issues that many voters are concerned about that Democrats don't like talking about. But here's the question you may be asking. Are there any issues that uh, voters care about that Republicans don't like talking about, and there is one, and that is the issue of abortion. Obviously, abortion has been in the news lately after the Dobbs versus Jackson decision basically overturned Roe v. Wade, gave the power back to the states, uh, and allowed for states to make their own decisions on abortion laws. Uh, right now, the Dobbs versus uh, Jackson decision has made abortion a big issue in the midterms. And because of that big issue, uh, many Democrats have been running heavily on abortion. Now, it should be noted many independents do not rate abortion as one of their number one issues. But there are many Democrats that do rate it as one of their number one issues. And that's the key issue because Democrats need to make up, they need an enthusiastic base that's gonna show up for them tonight. And if they have people talking about abortion, if they make that a number one issue, they think that reliably Democratic voters that maybe weren't going to turn out to the polls, you know, maybe viewed this previously as kind of a lower stakes midterm since Trump isn't on the ballot, maybe now they will turn out and they will support the Democrats because they are energized by the issue of abortion and the threat that they may not have legal abortion in their state. So those are some of the bigger issues that people are talking about. With that being said, I wanna analyze 
some of the biggest elections of the cycle, starting with Arizona. Once considered a deep red state, the state of Arizona is now one of the most closely watched swing states in America. In 2020, Joe Biden won the state of Arizona by less than a point. Now, Republicans are hoping to win it back tonight. In the Arizona Senate race, Mark Kelly, the incumbent Democrat, is running for a full six-year term. Kelly was previously elected in 2020 in a special election to fill the seat of John McCain, who had previously died. In Mark Kelly was previously an astronaut, and he is the husband of Gabrielle Giffords, a former Arizona congresswoman who made headlines after she was shot in a failed assassination attempt. Kelly is running against Republican Blake Masters, a former Silicon Valley tech executive. Masters has made headlines for his close ties with Peter Thiel, the founder of PayPal and a billionaire. Polls show a dead heat so far between Masters and Kelly. Masters has attacked Kelly as out of touch, while Kelly has attacked Masters as crazy and has attacked him as a carpetbagger as well. The race could determine control of the United States Senate. Another heavily watched election is the Arizona governor's race. According to Arizona's constitution, the incumbent governor, Doug Ducey, a Republican, is barred from seeking a third term in office. Ducey has been at odds with former President Donald Trump over his stance on the 2020 election. Trump has said that he believes the 2020 election was rigged and was stolen from him in multiple states, including Arizona. He has attacked Ducey for choosing to certify the results of the election. The Republican candidate running is Katie Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake was previously a news anchor and has widely supported President Trump. She has echoed the claims that the 2020 election was rigged and has promised not to certify the results of the 2024 presidential election in the state of Arizona if she believes they are fraudulent. Lake is running against Democratic candidate Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs is currently the Secretary of State of Arizona. She previously served as the minority leader of the Arizona State Senate. Hobbs has taken issue with Lake's view on the 2020 election. Additionally, Hobbs also disagrees with Lake on the issue of abortion. Following the Dobbs versus Jackson decision, all abortions in the state of Arizona became illegal under a 1901 amendment in the Arizona Constitution. Hobbs has promised to overturn this ban if she is elected governor, whereas Lake has supported the ban. Both candidates have been amassed in controversy. Carrie Lake has received controversy because of her previous support for former President Barack Obama, which many critics have claimed is flip-flopping compared to her current support of President Donald Trump and Republican policies, whereas Katie Hobbs has received controversy over a racial discrimination lawsuit with a staffer in her office. 
The race has been highly competitive as polls appear to show a neck-and-neck -neck election. Once considered a key purple state, the state of Colorado has recently trended far to the left. In 2020, President Joe Biden won the state of Colorado by a whopping 15 percent. That hasn't stopped the Republican candidate running for Senate, Joe O'Dea, from doing everything he can to flip the state back red. Acknowledging the state's trend to the left, O'Dea has taken more unconventional and moderate stances for a Republican. While the Republican Party platform opposes abortion, O'Dea has supported abortion on the campaign trail. Additionally, while O'Dea supports that, he has also said that he does not support former President Donald Trump. He said that he wouldn't support President Trump if he chooses to run in 2024, and in addition to that, has said that in the United States Senate, he would fight to try and stop Trump in a potential Republican primary. This sparked a number of criticisms from former President Donald Trump on his platform, Truth Social. Joe O'Dea is running against incumbent Democratic Senator Michael Bennett. Bennett became a senator back in 2009 after the resignation of Joe Salazar left the seat vacant. After being appointed to the seat, Bennett was elected in 2010 to a full six-year term and re-elected to another full six-year term in 2016. Bennett has tried to attack Odea as too far to the right, but Odea has tried to take a more moderate, conservative position. Joe Odea has claimed that he would be the Joe Manchin of the Republican Party if he is elected to the United States Senate. Current polls show that Michael Bennett has a significant lead when compared to Odea, but Odea is hoping that the red wave may give him a boost. Having long been a swing state, Nevada's Senate and gubernatorial races are some of the most closely watched throughout the nation. In the Senate race for Nevada, incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto is hoping to run for a second term. Masto, who previously served as the Attorney General of Nevada, was elected to the United States Senate in 2016. Her opponent is also the former Attorney General of Nevada, Adam Laxalt. Laxalt previously ran for governor of the state four years ago, but was unsuccessful. Laxalt, a Republican, is the illegitimate son of former New Mexico U.S. Senator Pete Domenci. He is also the grandson of Paul Laxalt, who held this seat back in the United States Senate all the way back in 1987. Polls indicate a tight race. Additionally, the Nevada governor's race is also expected to be competitive as incumbent governor Steve Sisolak is running for another four-year term. Sisolak is running against Clark County Sheriff Joe Lombardo. Lombardo has been attacked by Sisolak as a failed sheriff. In response, Sisolak has been attacked by Lombardo 
for his stance on the COVID-19 lockdowns, which he says hurt business throughout Nevada, especially in the Las Vegas area, which is becoming more competitive. In addition to New York, Democrats may have to worry about another deep blue state going red in Oregon. In the gubernatorial election, the incumbent governor, Kate Brown, is ineligible to run for a third term. Brown, a Democrat, is the most unpopular governor in America currently, with many people in the state criticizing her for her COVID-19 lockdowns and for her stance on crime. Running to replace Brown is Democrat Tina Kotek. Kotek has been trying to distance herself from Brown, although many political analysts have tried to tie Kotek to Brown. Kotek previously served as Speaker of the Oregon House of Representatives. She is running against Christine Drazen, the former minority leader of the Oregon House of Representatives. Drazen has been gaining in the polls, making this state a pure toss-up. Joe Biden won the state of Oregon by a whopping 17% in 2020, making this one of the most surprising swing states of the 2022 cycle. Additionally, if Drazen wins, she will be the first Republican governor since 1989 in the state of Oregon. In addition to the two Republican and Democratic candidates running, Democrats may have to worry about another candidate, that being independent Betsy Johnson. Johnson was previously a Democrat in the Oregon State Senate, but she's been gaining steam as an independent. Many Democrats worry that the rise of Johnson could potentially siphon votes away from Tina Kotek, leading to a potential Drazen victory. While Ohio was once one of the most purple states in America, the state has trended red in recent memory. In 2020, Donald Trump won the state of Ohio by a whopping 8%, a far cry from a purple state. But Democrats are hoping to gain steam back in the state by winning a U.S. Senate race here. The incumbent U.S. Senator, Republican Rob Portman, is retiring, leaving the state open. Tim Ryan, a Democratic congressman who made headlines in 2016 for challenging Nancy Pelosi for her speakership and again in 2020 for his failed presidential bid for the Democratic nomination, is the Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate in Ohio. He's running against J.D. Vance, a venture capitalist most well-known for writing the book Hillbilly Elegy. Ryan has been gaining more steam than most people have expected, with him gaining in the polls. While 2022 may be a heavy red year, some Democrats are hoping for a breath of fresh air in the state of Ohio. That about wraps up this episode of Politics Weekly. Make sure to check out the election results tonight.
The creators of Politics Weekly have a new series now out. The series that has amassed nearly 20,000 listeners is now getting a spin-off on online radio. Politics Weekly Live is a follow-up to Politics Weekly, bringing you more content, live commentary, and the ability to respond to stories live. Politics Weekly Live is available to listen to every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on WPSR, the official radio station of Purchase College, and will be posted wherever you listen to podcasts following recording. Ooh.